0: This
1: is 42nd Street. This is Time Square. I'm B. We've been on Broadway for the last 50 years. Live new girls. I was stalking hoes in the center of town.
2: Check it out right here. This is Show World Center Showtown. I'll have a new I'm taking a new. This is Tales of Times Square the tapes. I'm Josh Allen Friedman. When I was a teenager in the 1970s, the mysteries of Times Square loomed large. 1,200 prostitutes raged across 8th Avenue from 34th to 50th Streets, with a corridor of superfly pimps in their Cadillacs. So many that the police department set up a cordoned-off walkway described by one sergeant as two pimps wide. There were dozens of clapboard massage parlors that sprung up week by week with homemade psychedelic signage. Criminality was out of control, right outside the legitimate Broadway theaters. All of this mixed uneasily with the history of old Broadway, whose guys and dolls, senior denizens, still survived in their old age amid this new squalor. By the time I was 30 years old, in 1986, I'd spent 10 years on Old Broadway, culminating in the publication of the book, Tales of Times Square. But I forgot about the tapes, disintegrating cassettes from 35 years ago that I recorded during research for my book, an audio landscape of Times Square in the 1970s and 80s where local people I'd spent years getting to know bared their souls. It's 1982 and the hit musical Cats has just opened at the Winter Garden but next door a short-tempered black midget paces at the doorway of Hawaii Kai like Napoleon. He's been serving time here since 1960 greeting folks with his cane pointing the way upstairs at the Schlock Tourist Restaurant next to the Winter Garden. His domain resembles a tropical Hawaiian Disneyland exhibit with a coat check and restrooms. The business is terrible. If you grease his palm, he'll sit you down by the mock waterfall and tell you his life story.
0: Oh, uh, What's
1: your name?
2: My name is Josh
3: Freeman. Uh,
1: Josh Freeman, this is Pee Wee. I'm Pee Wee, been on Broadway for the last 50 years.
3: 50 years?
1: Yeah, almost 50 years.
3: What year did you first come here?
1: Uh, 1943. 1943. Don't come over here and bother me now. I'm not going to bother you. And
3: where were you working in
1: 1943? Oh, well, let see, came here. I was singing and dancing at that time.
3: Where was that, which uh, club?
1: Well, after I got here, let me tell you where I come from. I come up from Nashville, Tennessee. I was singing and dancing with the late Francis Craig, old white band down south, we had a black man performing. Uh-huh. The late Francis Craig, white band. Uh-huh. And after he gave his band up during the war days, and uh, I came up to New York, where's asked me, that said, Pee Wee, do you want to go back to Montgomery? I said, no, I don't want to go back to Montgomery, Mr. Craig, I want to go to New York, because we already been up there and I like it up there and I think I can do good. So he gave me a hundred dollars, round trip ticket, and a letter of introduction. So in August, 1943, I came up, I had met the great Billy Eckstein down in Nashville, the great singer, gave me his address when I met him down there, and told me whenever I come to New York City, I could stay with him, you know, till I got something to do. So I knew exactly where he lived, and I got a cab, rode up to Harlem.
2: From the 1930s until the 1960s, 52nd Street had the most famous stretch of jazz clubs in New York, probably the world. Standing only four foot eight, Pee Wee still managed to take 52nd Street by storm. Right after he arrived in New York, he was working at the Three Deuces in Zanzibar and spent almost two decades at Birdland. But he would shake down the musicians and demand a 50 cent tip in order to pronounce their names correctly. So, Horace Silver, for instance, he announced as Horass Silver because uh, Silver didn't pay him tribute. Lester Young referred to Pee Wee as half a motherfucker. What
3: clubs were you working then?
1: Uh, Three Deuces on Fifty Second Street.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where Eddie Haywood, the great pianist, was playing. Well, and, uh... What
3: was the nature of your act when you sang?
1: Sing. I was a singer.
3: What kind of songs did you sing?
1: Well, ballads, jazz, rhythm. That's when, that was my act. uh
3: uh-huh.
1: And then I just turned out to be an MC. Now, I sang and danced there. Over two or three years, on 57th Street. Billy Eckstein was there, the man that friended me. Late Charlie Yardbird Parker, I met him there. And Dizzy Gillespie, and all the big bad Teddy Wilson, and all the great uh, 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 musicians.
3: And you worked with all of them?
1: Yeah, I worked with all those people. Gradually, I introduced all those people in the latter years at Birdland, the jazz corner of the world.
3: You introduced them in the, into a that, microphone?
1: Yeah, up on the stage, like up the MC. on the stage, MC. I ran the show, everything. I ran the show, everything. Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, Fats Navarro, Lee Fats Navarro, late Bud Powell, late Dad Tamarron, Dad Tamarron.
3: Did you go to the, some of the funerals?
1: Oh, no, I didn't never go there. I always wanted to remember them mm-hmm. as I saw them.
2: In 1982, all I knew was that there was this crazy midget in a military uniform pacing back and forth in front of Hawaii Kai yelling at people. I found it hard to believe that he was a legendary MC when I finally got to know him. Here's Pee Wee on Art Blakey's 1954 record, A Night at Birdland.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening, a recording. For Blue Note Records. When you applaud for the different passages, your hands go right over the records there. So when they play them over and over throughout the country, you may be someplace and uh, say, well, that's my hand on one of those records that I dug down at Birdland. We're bringing back to the band center this time, ladies and gentlemen, the great Art Blakey and his wonderful group featuring the new trumpet sensation, Clifford Brown. Horace Silver on piano, Lou Dawson on alto, Curly Russell is on bass, and let's get together and bring Art Blake to the bandstand with a great big round of applause. How about a big hand now, Art Blakey? Thank y'all.
3: When did you stop singing? What happened? No, to- I
1: stopped singing. Oh, I stopped singing after after 44. After, after I got into the nightclub business. You know, and it made me greeting the host. Uh-huh. And I was introducing the greeting people and introducing the show.
3: Did you prefer that to saying?
1: Yes, I did at the time because so much red tape and getting uh, started here in New York. You had to have an agent. You had to have an agent and all that kind of thing.
3: So you had more fun even? Right. As an MC?
1: That's right. I had more fun as an MC.
3: How long did you do that?
1: Well, I did that for about 25, 30 years. 25, 30 years.
3: At the Three Deuces?
1: No, no. All over New York. Birdlands, Jazz Coast of the World, Royal Roots, Zanzibar, Uptown Harlem.
3: What was your favorite place of all that you worked at? there?
1: Uh, my favorite place was Zanzibar. Where was that? That was in the 40s, 49th Street in Broadway.
3: Why was that your favorite?
1: Well, because it was beautiful down there. And the real old timers there, the great smart boys, the smart guys there. Mobsters and everything like that uh-huh. I knew and met.
3: Did you know Damon Runyon?
1: No, I seen him around, but uh, I never had a chance to meet him. Uh-huh. But I met uh, Walter Winter, the great late Walter Winter. The uh-huh. great lady Ed Sullivan and Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra and all those people. You
3: knew everybody.
1: Yeah, everybody.
3: Um, where did you live back then?
1: Well, I lived in Harlem.
3: So you'd commute every day? Yeah,
1: I lived in Harlem. Hotel Theresa. That's when Harlem was Harlem.
3: The uh, Hotel Tolis? Theresa. Theresa. Hotel Teresa.
1: Right. And That's in those
3: days, of course, there was a lot of, you know, a lot more going on It was
1: clean, here. a lot more gro- going on. Wasn't no mugging, wasn't no... Nothing like that. Nobody think about mugging you, sticking you up or nothing like that. Everybody was beautiful.
3: Now, it was sort of like that down here, too back then, 30, 40 yeah, years ago? Yeah, back in
1: those days, beautiful places.
3: Did you, what was your, how did you feel about Times Square back then?
1: Well, Times Square was clean. You could go, you could drop a, you could drop a match, and so clean you could eat off the sidewalk down there at that time.
3: You never did that? No,
1: no I didn't do it, but that's, that's, that's how clean it was. And they had movies, you could go to the movies all night. They had all night movies. All night, when you get off your job at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you go to the movies down to Times Square.
3: You would do that sometimes? Yeah,
1: I used to go down there with a friend of mine. We used to go to see all night movies. And there was I don't mean no uh, bad movies, ugly movies, nothing like that. Regular, legit movies. Yeah. Legit.
2: Yeah. Clean. Pee Wee is referring to what now seems like a wholesome, lost era of 42nd Street where you could catch John Wayne's latest western. Boris Karloff's latest horror flick, or Abbott and Costello's current comedy release. Whereas in 1982, practically every single marquee boasted filth and ugliness, like Deep Throat, The Devil and Miss Jones, Trap Them, Kill Them, or most irritatingly staring him in the face from a marquee around the corner, Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy.
1: We go there, then we have Donna at Romeo, Romeo uh... Restaurant, you know, serve served spaghetti and meatball and sauces and stuff, and uh, prices were right. And uh, it was no problem then. Everything was clean. Everything was good. So what started good to happen? What,
3: I don't...
1: Hey, baby, how you doing?
3: What started to happen? When did it change around here? Was...
1: Well, in the, in the 60s came along. In the 60s started coming up. About when in the 60s? Early 60s? Oh no, uh... the latter part of the 60s. You it think... started changing after Martin Luther King got killed. And uh Barbara Kennedy got killed. But and how it did it
3: affect Times Square well, it the affected deterioration people here?
1: People thought. It affected people thought. People wasn't happy. People's minds got boggled up with all this hate. And uh were missing it. And yes, you know. and it just went wild, and that dope came on the scene. Who dope? That dope and stuff from Vietnam came on the scene.
3: What were the first things that you might, if you think now that you remember seeing change in Times Square when it started to get bad in the sixties? Well, when they had the, you, when they had
1: the Strand Theater down there on yeah. Street, at they had the Capitol Theater across the street at when they had Roxy Theater over here. Uh, 50th and uh, 7th Avenue. Which is that? The, Ro- the Roxy Theater.
3: Roxy.
1: Paramount Theater was great Frank Sinatra farm thing.
3: When they closed those, that upset you? Yeah, when they you? closed
1: all those things, yeah. Then that's, that was the beginning of the downfall of Broadway.
2: The downfall of Broadway. The great jazz clubs of 52nd Street disappeared in the 60s The Roxy, which my parents and grandparents went to, opened in 1927 as the world's largest motion picture cathedral, capacity 6000, a stage show each week with a rising orchestra pit and symphony of 110 musicians and also a battalion of uniformed ushers. The Roxy closed in 1960 and was demolished by developer William Zeckendorf, just one of hundreds of New York landmarks destroyed by real real estate cannibals. The Capitol Theater was right across from Hawaii Kai where Pee Wee and I are now standing. It opened in 1919 and seated 4,000 and featured big bands along with the premieres of all of MGM's films. It was demolished in 1968 and the Paramount opened in 1926 and became ground zero for the whole big band era. The Wurlitzer organ there weighed 33 tons. It's where Sinatra became a sensation as well as Martin and Lewis. It closed in 1966, but at least the Paramount building remains in Times Square.
3: How do you remember the, the highlights of Broadway, the heyday to you, the biggest? Oh, it
1: used to be a great white way. Everybody dressed up, tuxedos, gowns, no muggers, no overalls, no short pants, no jackets, none of that mess around there. They had cops on the beat all night long and stood around for hours kept in peace, nobody, at nobody.
3: You at never thought time. twice about walking down the street no, at night, No, no, never
1: looked back, nothing like that. Walking the way I wanted.
3: And now, what's what time? It, what's it like now? Like you no, I can't you have get to...
1: home fast enough.
3: You live nearby? a cab,
1: around the corner. Yeah.
3: You take a cab? Just I even... take a
1: cab, yeah. Just around the yeah, corner? Yeah, it's not easy to walk around no place, no time. Yeah. It's tough. You been what you have to do now is get in and get out. When you come to work, that's it. Pray that you get to work and pray that you get home. That's it.
3: Wow. Have you had any trouble in the past 10 years? Have you been mugged? You... No,
1: thank God I haven't done of that because the man upstairs, I'm a very religious person. Uh-huh. And God always takes care of me all these years. I'm 68 years old. Four foot, four foot eight. And... Uh, God takes care of me, so I don't worry about anything.
3: When did you come to Hawaii Kai?
1: Oh, after Breadland closed, after 17 years. That was uh, 52nd, 52nd Street uh-huh. in Broadway. After uh, being there all those years, introducing all those great singles and entertainers, I just got tired of uh, going and staying in the nightclub, singing and dancing and carrying on. I just wanted to be with the people on the street. So I came down there to Hawaii guy. A fella named Artie Schindler, a fella named Joe Kipner, they're both gone now, they're dead now.
3: I remember Joe Kippner.
1: Yeah, they gave me this job as breeding host. That's what I was, when they was here, I was with them 10 years. And after a few, after 10 years, they sold it to these Chinese people. And Mike Shaw, and uh, he took it over. And he kept me here. Now, they've been here 14 years.
3: So you've been here a total of? of...
1: Total of 10 and 14. 24 years. Right, that's right.
2: In case you were wondering, here's what the show sounded like upstairs. I can assure you that the music was better than what they served in the restaurant.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is show
1: time. Welcome to the Hawaii High and welcome to our show. We're going to take you
2: to visit Hawaii, New Zealand, and Vigil. And folks, we'd like to start our show with a
1: number we call... ...Honno. ...Honno, Hawaii, I'm the new. It's just a thing that we
0: know.
2: I'd like to play you the entire evening's show, but let's get back to Pee Wee down on the street. Do you
3: still
1: enjoy working here? Yes, yeah, sometimes and sometimes I don't.
2: When is the
3: time? So, well,
1: when we have the bad element comes in, like these crazy nuts off the streets, walks in, and I just straighten them out and keep them out, tell them they can't come in.
3: Well, give me an example. Of that. I imagine that happens every. Well, week.
1: they come to the door and everything. I ask them where they going. They look these shelves and everything i said where you going i said i'm sorry you can't come in here. that's it do they
3: listen it's to you in the wrong
1: place yeah oh yes definitely
3: did anybody get past you
1: nope
3: nope i bet you're pretty tough with that cane too? that's right you yeah. ever surprise somebody and, and know how to use
1: it? it and know how to use it too we're taught how to use it too so you, right.
3: you have a special method with the cane right anybody right they wouldn't expect because you're sure right
1: where's their legs? when they bend down they stumble Then their head that's it but they most of them know me most everybody know me i know yeah. all the cops out here yeah i know all the cops most of all the cops out, out front there At they the, all drop and drop by and say hello all they drop this in their car squad car and he drop down and say hello Wee. how's it going how you doing you all right and everything like that yeah and by the way this commissioner when uh, you walk, we go back. We go back 25, 30 years. Well, I remember him when he was in Harlem, walking the beat up there in Harlem. What in was Hotel your relationship
3: Lisa. with him 30 years ago? Well,
1: we friends, you know. I met him, you know, on the beat. And another guy named Tom Brown, bad dude, you know, the black cop, and so was he. And uh, I just want you to know that I happen to know the guy.
3: Was he a good cop back then? Do you think?
1: Ben oh Ward. yeah, yeah, they was were tough. Per- were you were him? He was a tough Yeah, it was tough. It was tougher then than they are now. But you got all of this, you got all of this uh, liberalism, you know, all this liberalism, you know, yeah. you know. And stymie and holding back on these uh, criminals and the criminals getting loose and uh, hurting and killing people. And uh, and uh, they're laughing at, laughing at decent people after they do it.
3: Well what do you think they should do? What do you think Ben Ward should do?
1: Well, well Ben Ward well he's great, ago? but he can't he can't do it no more because his hands are tied to, It's up to the governor. See you know to pass the, the 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 bill, you know, where you put him in the chair. They put him in the lecture chair. Yeah. Like there was several years ago back in the early fifties and early sixties. That Governor Como, you tell him tell him I said so. Check it out, check me out right down here on Broadway.
3: Yeah.
1: I know them all. I'm not scared of none of them.
3: Were you ever married? Nope.
1: Never Never got hung up with nothing like that because, uh, oh, I have my girls and everything, but I don't trust them. I wouldn't trust them across the street. You had your what? They, I don't trust them across the street. They got a big mouth. Who? All women got a big mouth to get into people's business. You can't trust them across the street. Not one of them I know today. I would trust cross, going across the street.
3: Really? Not one? Not one. How about your I sister? Trust
1: across, well, they all right. But my sister. Yeah. Well, I know them when they were babies. Right. They kids.
3: So you you never had, uh, well, you must have had girlfriends back Oh,
1: then. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Don't get me wrong, you know. i crazy about beautiful women, you know. Beautiful women. Good people. Good women. Uh-huh. Sexy people. Good, clean, decent. You know what I mean? That's sure. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, Lena Horn, and all those beautiful people around and rapping with them.
3: Those are your Uh, kind of uh
1: Yeah, rapping with, those, rapping with those people. And Hip and Vivid and all those beautiful uh, uh, Coast girls. Sure, you have a lot of fun around them. Mm-hmm. But you never got Never necessary. got hung up and married and say, I will. See, it's hard, it's easy to say I will and hard to say I won't. And I don't want to have to get in that head and say I won't because I'm not. I'm not going to say I will, you know, mm-hmm. keep me straight.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if Pee-wee was a prophet or not, but you do find profits in the most unexpected places. I probably ran into more than a few in Times Square. Pee-wee was way ahead of the curve on what he's about to say now, 35 years ago in
1: 1982. It's the signs of the times. Let me tell you this, though, I don't want to get moving or nothing like that. Wanna make this instrument wherever you play it. You remember I said uh-huh. that uh, we're in the last days. We're in the last days coming up now. In the next few years all hell will break loose. All over the world. In the mid mid east, everything. And Russia gonna go in there messing with uh, Israel. And uh the Iran mess messing up with Egypt and Egypt be messing up with uh Iraq, and then the United States will have to get in, that's it, that will be the countdown, to the battle of again. has already started already, and people not, don't know it.
3: Are you a Jehovah's Witness?
1: No, no, just a Christian.
3: But that doesn't have a direct effect on the business at the restaurant no, right now. No, it's just
1: quiet, people ain't got other things to do, people don't have the money. That, that they had to go out and, and gallowag and, and go uh, training and eat. The show is getting ready to start now. What kind of show is it? Well, it's a Hawaiian answered. show. Steve Ortiz. Do you like it? Yeah. He's been here 14 years. He's good. Very huh. good. And Steve Ortiz. Uh, uh, it is Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian. Uh, it's Hawaiian, there. Yeah. They got girls, dancers, and everything drama, and the guitarist. And. Uh, Pride and Saturday, really, you can't hardly get in there from Pride and Saturday. That's uh-huh. one time that the people come out now. The, the city is a, almost a weekend thing now. No more week. Uh, full weekdays. A uh, weekend. Is, is, you wouldn't is, is, know is, is it to day. look in
3: some of those porn streets. Things.
1: No, no, well, because people got the pornography, all that ugly filth and stuff that uh, people mind. Is a boggler on all of that.
3: Those are crowded as ever. That's
1: right. right, and they all dope addicts and people, all in that dope and stuff, and uh, they, their mind turned to ugliness, and that's where it's at. We're in the last days. Remember that. It's well, a new generation. It's not the generation came in the parties. I
3: can't yeah. honestly say I hope you're right on that. I hope you're wrong. Well, but I'm sure you know it's. I'm talking.
1: right. I'm yeah. right. I know I'm right. See the lightning out there last night. It was like playing games or something on the, on the sidewalk and in the streets. Something different. that is was really this? startling.
3: You talking about the lightning that?
1: last night, they had a oh. big lightning, lightning, electric storm out there. Oh, yeah, see see. That lightning lit up the sidewalk and the street just like, like crazy. It scared people to death.
2: The rain and the lightning on Broadway was like nothing Pee Wee had seen in almost 50 years. I coaxed them to sing one more song for us
1: When your body suffer pain and your health you can't regain.
2: Basketball, center. yeah. That's what you said best now. Yeah. In basketball,
1: center. yeah. Pee Wee Marquette died in
2: 1992 at the age of
1: 77.
2: This is Josh Allen signing off. Another episode of Tales of Times Square.